What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football, sports betting, and NASCAR home here at FakePigskin.com. I am your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me once again, it's Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? What's up, Kyle? I mean, it finally happened, but who the hell would have thought that one move would have such a drastic effect, not only in terms of real-life football, but the shockwaves it's sent through rankings and everything else and projections for the 21 fantasy football season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been, we've been rumoring on Twitter for, for a couple months now. And the, the, the player Brian's talking about is Julio Jones finally getting, finally getting moved. And as a Tennessee Titans fan, I'm very excited. Um, I felt like there was a lot of uh, crumb cookie crumbs going that way about a month or two ago. Um, but as a lifelong Titans fan, um, I did not want to get excited. I didn't want to put the cart before the horse. And I was totally in, uh, imagining him ending up in Baltimore, ending up somewhere else. And should have uh, went to New England. 350 attempts going to A.J. Brown and nothing to anybody else because we didn't have <laughs> any receivers. Um, now I'm waiting for Jamison Crowder to get cut. And this offense will really come into form. Maybe O.J. Howard as Ooh, yeah, uh, that him, would be him, and, him and Derrick Henry are, are obviously college teammates. But yeah, Brian. Um, we obviously hit on our quarterback rankings on one of our first shows. We're going to talk some receivers. We're going to talk some running backs. And we're going to talk about this trade and kind of uh, how does this affect the pieces? How does this how does this not only affect Julio, but how does this affect Ryan Tanhill at quarterback? How does this affect Derrick Henry? What, what are we doing with A.J. Brown? What does that mean for our rankings at receivers and at running backs? And we're going to kind of hit on as much of that as we can. Um, as with quarterbacks, this is an early look. This is a we're trying to put the cart before the horse, trying to get excited, trying to yeah. put our rankings out there. Obviously, as stuff happens. We're going to try and make adjustments. We're going to try and update things. So this is just an early look at our top 12. Uh, we'll try and pencil in something a little more uh, concrete as June rolls along and hopefully get something up on, on fakepigskin.com to give you guys some official uh, rankings. But Brian, let's jump into it and I'll throw up my receivers first um, and, and then uh, I'll and then I'll have you go with yours. Um, but for me receiver was really tough. Um, and obviously I, for, I honestly think it was the, I think the top four guys, like if you put them in any order, I would not be, um, baffled, uh, uh, Tyree kill, Deandre Hopkins, Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs uh, are that top four. AJ Brown could have been in that conversation before the Julio trade. Um, and, and we'll kind of, you know, we'll kind of work through that as we, as we roll through our rankings, but, Brian, is there anyone else for you that should be in that conversation for that top four? Because I really feel like, I mean, and, and we're banking, okay, Devontae is going to be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if that changes, then obviously his ranking will change. But for me, it's really those four guys and then a clear drop off to the next group. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm pretty sure everyone is going to have some some combination of those four dudes because even even with the most recent departure of Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, with almost nothing else around him. I mean, Mike Davis is taking over. He's got he's thunder thighs, but I mean, he's never been one to show that he is a legit like RB one in fantasy and or in yeah, life. despite Twitter wanting to make him like the RB one <laughs> at some seemingly at some yes. point. Um, you know, it, now it, he, he is the guy every, every down, every yeah. crucial target is going to be looked, uh, Matt Ryan's going to have to look his direction. So I think 
he kind of stays where he is like at the middle tier of that top end. Cause there will be a cap on him with how bad this team's going to be. And yeah. with teams kind of solely focusing on him, you know, it, you'll see. Let's, with let's talk about Ridley for a second. Cause yeah. he was the wide receiver four and a half point scoring last year ahead of Justin Jefferson, ahead of Deandre Hopkins, ahead of DK Metcalf. Are we selling him short? I mean, I clearly I have him at five. So like, um, I, I obviously think he's really talented and I'll throw up your rankings here in a second. So you can see where Brian has them, but, um, I, I guess we have to figure out cause Matt Ryan had 626 attempts last year. The, the most in the NFL, if we expect that, I mean, and oh, there's always some, some regression, but if he's, if this team is as bad as we think it can be and he, and they're going to need to throw like they did last year and they're approaching, or eclipsing 600 attempts. I mean, is there is there a conversation that Calvin Ridley is closer to the top four than the rest? And is there another conversation that maybe he should be in consideration for that number one overall spot among wide receivers? I guess you could say that if this was the same offense as last year, but with, I mean, the guy who Julio got traded to is now their former offensive coordinator is now the head coach there in Atlanta. And I think his system of, of offense kind of being predicated on the running game and running more of that play action, getting hitting the intermediate passes down the field. I think the efficiency for Ridley will probably still be there among the league leaders and yards per reception and all that last year. But when you look at what Ryan Tannehill has done, I mean, only 481 attempts last year, but I mean, he threw 33 touchdowns. That's fantastic. But it was only also only 3,800 yards. So that's not saying that this Atlanta offense is going to be able to be anywhere near as efficient as Tennessee is because they don't have Derrick Henry. But right. I do think you're going to see a decrease in the amount of times that Matt Ryan is dropping back to pass. I think you're going to see less of them having to kind of speed up games because I think the game plan for Atlanta will be more to keep the games closer because their defense is likely not up to par with their offense yet. So I think where he is is kind of indicative of the new offense and his skill set as a receiver. Had it been this year, had we been in the same situation this year as we were last year, I think Calvin Ridley is definitely would have a great argument to be in that top three, top four conversation. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's an interesting point. Um, you know, what, what do we expect Atlanta to be? Obviously, you know, the Kyle Pitts edition is something and Mike Davis and, you know, how does that all impact? And, you know, our Arthur Smith as, as a Titans fan who watched him last year was very sad to see him go at the end of the season. Uh, but you know, good, good on him to get, get a head coaching gig will be interesting yep. to see. Um, I think there is still a ton of passing upside. I still expect Matt Ryan to be, north of 550 attempts somewhere in that you know at least top 10 if not top five in terms of attempts um, maybe they dial it back a little bit um but i i i'm a, i'm optimistic about ridley um and he wasn't necessarily somebody i was uh clamoring for in previous years but uh, i think there's enough questions and enough um concern ab- about what his what that offense could look like uh, how how effective Kyle Pitts could be, um, and, and just enough to put him in kind of that second tier. Um, but volume is king, and that's so yeah. important. And that's why Tyree Kill and DeAndre Hopkins and um, you know touchdown Devonte Adams. And that's that's also part of my Devonte Adams concern is so yes. much touchdowns last year. 
Uh, I expect regression from Rodgers if he stays in Green Bay, um, which you know I, I guess is part of why I have him still in that top tier because he's just so damn good week to week. And uh, but I do I do have questions. So um, let's throw up your rankings and we can talk about the the impact on AJ Brown because um, AJ Brown is in an interesting case. Obviously, from a pure volume standpoint it probably decreases with Julio Jones. Um, but with Julio Jones on the other side, that just brings yes. enough attention and enough concern that while his volume, you know, maybe he's 115 targets instead of 150, but the one-on-one opportunities, the less shaded safety side, like there, there's going to be... I think better options for him and, and more and more quality coming his way that, you know, he, he should still have an incredible season and there's no reason to doubt him this year. Yeah. I, I had a really tough time trying to rank AJ Brown, just kind of with the addition of Julio, it does change, I guess the perception of what AJ Brown's ceiling would be to a certain degree, because yeah. now you have this other alpha dog out there on the other side, but I really don't see them transitioning this offense to a one, a one B type wide receiver role. I think Julio, they're going to be using him, you know, more so in spots. He's, he's clearly shown over the last couple of years that he is not, he's he, he can't stay healthy for a full 16 games and that's been an issue for him for for, for the last handful of seasons so they're not going to want to run him out there and give him 15 targets so aj brown is still going to be the number one guy and with like i mentioned ryan Tannehill's efficiency i mean 33 touchdowns on just 481 attempts that's fantastic with only seven ints yeah um you know i think you're going to see a similar year out of Tannehill and aj brown for what it's worth like you said teams can no longer just roll coverage to his direction and only his direction. So I think you'll see a lot more one-on-one opportunity and he has those, he has a better chance this year too, to have more boom games. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Tan Hill for a second. Cause I think that will dictate a lot of what we do with the Titans receivers. Um, I'm optimistic that they take a step forward in terms of what the passing game looks like. I was expecting it last year, obviously did not get it. Um, obviously, you know, in, in terms of production, in terms of, uh, efficiency, amazing but the attempts were not there um bringing in julio um to pair with aj brown i i still think there is a move or two but you know josh reynolds is there we'll see what that is we'll see what they do at tight end uh Ferkser was fine last year can can make a few plays but like Tannehill was 480 attempts i think 500 should be his floor this year um and 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 520 530 i think is very reasonable i know that's a big step forward but i don't think you go out and get julio jones and just do the same thing you've done for two years i think they've seen what happened against the kansas city and what happened against baltimore and saying it's fantastic to have derrick henry and have him run for 2000 yards and have him do all this stuff but when it comes playoff time, yep, you need more. You need to be able to do other things. If they're going to load the box, you need to be able to torch them. And and if you have two all-pro receivers on either side, then all of a sudden seven-man boxes for Derrick Henry are going to be a thing that we actually see and from a real football standpoint make the team a hell of a lot better. Uh, so I'm optimistic that even if it's just a regular season thing, 
they're more open to throwing it and then kind of, you know, maybe get a little more traditional run um, in. But yeah, I mean, 500, 515, 520, like, am I crazy for thinking that seems realistic? I, I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to increase the amount of passing. I mean, that's not really that drastically, but yeah, I mean, but 40 attempts. So what over, you know, and, well, and the other thing is, so this we're, we're basing these numbers off of 17. We obviously get an extra game. Oh, that's uh, so the numbers will go up, but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm talking over, over like, okay, like a 17 <laughs> game sample. Like basically I'm glad you said that. I've, it, right. Uh, because I like, obviously that. if he gets to 500, but he's still, you know, between, you know, 15 and 20 in terms of attempts, then nothing's really changed. It's just he's obviously got more attempts. But I think there's room for him to grow and and the volume, uh, the, the, the amount of pressure that's put on his shoulders week to week. You know, if, if it's two or three extra attempts every single week, um, you know, that's that's an easy, you know, 20, 30 attempts. And. Um, you know, I, I think that's very realistic. Yeah. I mean, I guess too, you can, you can look at it in terms of the guy who took over the offensive coordinator role has been there for the last three years and Todd Downing. So it's not like they're going out and getting somebody who has a completely different kind of scheme. I mean, he'll likely change it up a little bit, but it'll probably be very similar to what they've been running there. So you're going to look at a lot of play action passes, a lot of, a lot of deep shots off those play action passes and who, who better, uh, to throw it on those deep shots as Julio Jones and AJ Brown. So I think you're going to see that a lot. Uh, one thing I did, yeah. One thing I did, I did figure out, I did a little bit of research here. Derek Henry was actually, I think he's like right around 15th or so in terms of, uh, eight man boxes that he Mm -hmm. actually faced on the regular season. So it's interesting to see how teams are going to try to defend them because if they even decrease that amount of stacked boxes, I mean, what are we looking at in terms of average yards per game for Henry this year? What was he going to get? 2,400, 2,500? I think that's a good discussion because that's not what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Derrick Henry is my running back one, something that did not happen (laughs) until the trade. And as a, a lifelong Derrick Henry uh doubter um i'm i don't know how to feel about this but brian as you mentioned more let fewer eight mound boxes i expect this offense to be moving the ball up and down the field with the addition of julio jones which means more red zone touches which means red red zone carries which means touchdowns outside of an injury i don't see any way that he doesn't finish as a top three running back um and i think he finishes as you know, top, I, I think he's in that conversation and that safety plus that volume, plus the, the likelihood of it being in the red zone and being in dangerous spots against six and seven man boxes. Um, that's just too much for me to, to pat, to put anyone else above them. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see how you would rank him. Number one, my only issue with, with big old Derrick Henry is the fact that his usage in the passing game it's just non-existent. I mean, he's had he has yet to catch twenty passes in a season. Yeah. So maybe he'll get there this year with that one extra game, or he'll just be sitting out that week seventeen. But you know, his limited usage in the passing game it is quite worrisome when looking at the kind of ceiling that somebody could provide, especially with McCaffrey coming back. For sure, and we are obviously doing half point PPR. 
Uh, I'll throw up your running backs while I, while I drop a little another nugget. So in full PPR last year per Fantasy Pros, Derrick Henry was your RB3. Uh, in half point, he was your RB2. And then I believe in standard, he will, yep, he's number one. So, um, you know, if if you want to, if you want to, if you want to drop him, like you have him in the top three, I think that's very reasonable. Uh, McCaffrey, I think there it's going to be interesting because I think, you know, we didn't basically didn't see him almost all of last year. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be some we forget how good Der- or Christian McCaffrey can be. And as weird as it is to say, we're both pretty excited about what Sam Darnold could mean for this offense. Yes, that's gross saying that, but <laughs> it's yes. really gross. Uh, but if this offense is slightly more efficient, if if you know Darnold is able to move them up and down the field, um, I think it could be really good for McCaffrey. So I don't fault anyone who puts and I think at, at running back, man, it's tough. It's really tough. I think Henry's in the conversation. I think McCaffrey's in the conversation. Uh, Dalvin Cooks in, in conversation. I think Saquon could be the one-on-one for a lot of people. Um, I know it's I know it's scary, but his upside plus volume plus you know involvement on all three downs. Like, let me I, say something I, about I, I Saquon. Do it, but okay, so as good and as athletic as Saquon Barkley is, and we've seen those flashes that he is an absolute monster. Yeah, he. He reminds me very so much of a Barry Sanders type runner where he can make a lot out of nothing, but a lot of times he gets nothing Nothing. out of a lot. Trying to make it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he doesn't just hit the hole for that six yards. Mm. Instead, he's trying to bounce it outside. He's trying to make Um, that extra cut. And it, like, I think that's where he kind of prevents himself from becoming a superstar and becoming that guy that is the number one fantasy and best running back in the NFL. You know who you remind me of when you said that it was uh, Chris Johnson. After he got his two thousand yards, he became very much a dancer in the backfield because he wanted that seventy yes. yard explosive play. Exactly. Um, I, and I, I wonder too if that will play into the fact because obviously he's been dealing with injuries, right? So mm-hmm. like, is he going to try and be try and find holes where instead of taking the contact just to stay a little healthier? I don't know, like, but I, I think he's in the conversation. And then, you know, what do we do with, with Alvin Kamara down in New Orleans? Obviously, that's that's a very interesting conversation. Um, I I feel really bad not putting Michael Thomas in my in my receiver rankings. Um, uh, me and too. I might change that because I just I, I think in terms of talent, he's in that top three or four conversation. Um, and as much as Jameis Winston isn't actually a real good quarterback. Uh, <laughs> he's a fantastic for, fantasy for fantasy option fantasy purposes we've seen it in ton in tampa he can be uh, absolutely incredible so uh brian mccaffrey dalvin cook derrick henry alvin Kamara, uh and then zeke we haven't even hit on him like uh yep. there's a lot to get into at running back um zeke looks trim at camp you know it's always about the angles you can make them look like Eddie Lacy or look like, uh, <laughs> like they're in the best shape of their life. Or, uh, and it's usually somewhere in between. But um, Zeke's another very interesting name where if this Dallas offense is rocking and rolling and doing what it does, you know, he should see plenty of, of quality chances. But it's also a ton of receivers who can catch the ball. They still have Tony Pollard in the mix. So I, I think... I think Zeke is probably going to be like out out of out of my top twelve. I think he's the most polarizing 
running back in this year's fantasy draft because of that with with Dak coming back we saw what they did those first couple of games this offense was elite yeah. and if you if, if you're moving the ball at that at, at that clip like how many opportunities is Zeke going to have inside the five yard line and also the fact that coming off that injury I think we may see a little bit more emphasis on keeping the ball in Zeke's hands down by the goal line and less so of Dak pulling it out so I think for me, I think Ezekiel Elliott's floor this year is 10 rushing touchdowns. And then we saw him, I mean, even 50 receptions last year. Uh, that's a great floor yeah. for a dude who this team was abysmal on offense after after Dak got injured. And Zeke almost got to 1,000 yards, still scored six touchdowns, still averaged four yards a carry, which didn't seem like it. And then, you know, he had 330 receiving yards. So I, yeah, I, I don't... I feel like like 200, 220 touches is kind of his is what we're going to see out of him this season between the Pollard mix in between all the receivers mm. between trying to keep him healthy. Um, but I think he I think he's going to be uber productive with those touches. And I think 14 total touchdowns like, uh, you know, 1200 yards, thousand yards. He's going to be super vi- usable. Um, I'm looking at FF calculator right now at their ADP McCaffrey, Dalvin, Derek Henry, Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Zeke, Oof. Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, and Cam Akers is – oh, and then Antonio Gibson is your 12, um, which I think is very interesting. Obviously, you have Gibson. I there. love Antonio Gibson. I feel like I'm underrating him a little bit, but it's at the, some, the same point. I feel like when people are debating like the NBA All-Star team, it's like, how did this guy not get on there? Well, you can only put so many names on the That's list. True. You have to pick. You have to pick and choose. Um was there a name for you that was really hard to uh, to leave off? <laughs> there's actually there's actually two, and you have you have one of them at your ten spot, and that's not Najee Harris. Harris, baby. I feel yeah. like I'm low on him too. I had a really hard time leaving him out. Um, I honestly, in my rankings, I really think that Austin Eckler is the guy at the back end of the top twelve who can really kind of compete for a top five role. If we expect mm-hmm. Justin Herbert to take that leap, and we expect Austin Eckler to maintain, you know, the ten targets that he was getting, um, I don't know that we can do that. I, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the, I, if Philip Rivers was still there, then sure. But I just I don't know like for just well, Anthony Herbert, Lynn's gone too, so well, we, we yeah. won't get the ridiculous usage out of the running back room. Um, yeah. And then the other guy who last year you and I were both completely out on. I've seen multiple other people mention this. Um, that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, nobody's talking about the dude who's going to be the RB one for the best quarterback in the NFL, who has pro- potentially the best wide receiver in the NFL, my number one ranked wide receiver, Tyree Kill, the best yep. tight end in the NFL, and Travis Kelsey. So who yep. the hell's going to get the ball out of the backfield yep. other than Clyde Edwards-Helaire? We talked about this before, Brian. If we like the receiver and we like the tight end and we like the quarterback and they're all among the top three at each position, yes, the running back's going to see volume. He's going to see work. Damian Williams uh, is gone. We don't. Think, yeah. I mean, he didn't play last year, but Le'Veon Bell right. is. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's it's. I know Ceh had some ugly moments at the goal line and that kind of stuff, but yeah, he's he's definitely someone. Um, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, kind of off air, but at running back, as hard as it is, as much as we may like some player, it's all about volume and touches yep. and quality, and and if. Somebody's getting 250 to 300 touches and another guy like a couple. There's a couple names that I'm starting to get more pessimistic. One, including JK Dobbins, who 
as much as I loved him coming out of Ohio State, as much as I think he can be a dynamic force in that Ravens offense, if he's 175 touches instead of 250, he's just not going to be a top 12 running back. Like that's oh, no. that's how it works. And the fact that they gave Gus Gus Edwards that extension plus Lamar plus I think they throwed a little bit more. Um, I, I have my 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 pessimism about him. Miles Sanders is the toughest for me to rank because I could, it, from a talent standpoint, as, as much as I like him, I could put him in my top five very easily. Um, I could also leave him out of my top 12 because he's going to be in a in a part time role. Not just That's, that, not just part-time role, but what what are we going to see out of this offense now clearly under the helm of Jalen Hurts? Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is a top five, six option at Ooh, quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think this. I think the Eagles... Uh, fly Eagles fly. And that's why I want to be excited about miles oh. Sanders. Uh, I like Dallas Goddard. I like what they're doing with the receivers. Um, I'm, I'm buying in on Jalen hurts. I, I mean, I, this, this we, could it, be my Cowboys fanhood coming out, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not to that extent. It may be crazy. And in terms of out, you know, an actual talent, I don't know that I love Jalen hurts long-term. But I could definitely see a three-year window where he's incredibly important for fantasy, makes the Eagles fun to watch, and kind of does some stuff. And then in the meantime, they draft the quarterback of their future and kind of go in that route. But Well, they just get uh, BDN back. and uh... Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know the third time's a charm there, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking of quarterbacks, did you are you planning on moving Ryan Tannehill at all in your rankings? So I have Tannehill sliding in just behind Stafford as the 12th ranked guy. Tannehill has always been, I mean, for the past three years since I started touting him uh, as the backup of Marcus Mariota and claiming that he was the better suited guy to lead that team. And that came to fruition. So Tennessee should be kind of, you know, giving me some props here. Uh you know, it, it's just hard to to know how much we, we talked about this is the volume of passing and how many times at the goal line is he going to be snaked by Derek by Derrick Henry. Henry or vice. I mean, you saw at the end of the year last year, Derrick Henry got sniped three times, three or four times by Ryan Tannehill on rollout. So I just don't think that the volume uh, in the passing game is consistent enough for me to rank him in that like top tier or the beginning of the second tier. Yeah. I, I feel like I want to rank him higher. I, I don't. I'm trying to not let my biases come out, but uh, as you mentioned, he is a guy that utilizes his legs, especially when they get in close. Very much like Dak Prescott, he had four touchdowns in 2019 rushing. He had seven last year. I don't know that I expect seven, mm. uh, but five or six feels very reasonable. Um, I think they throw more. I think he, between Julio and AJ Brown, he's 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 north of 500 attempts. I think he's incredibly. Uh, reliable and i think he's a guy that gets in that top seven eight range and um you know we'll see what happens but like with deshaun watson lamar jackson justin herbert hurts uh aaron Rodgers, ryan Tannehill, like those guys are all pretty interchangeable for me um and i would not blame anybody and i'm i'm because you know i'm looking at it now like i maybe i'm gonna I'm, we're gonna be low on somebody like we can't just be high on everybody and Lamar Jackson's one of those names that I've seen people go, how are you not ranking him top five? And uh, other people, how do you rank him in your top 10? Like, 
You know, he's he's going to obviously we talked polarizing options with Hertz, with Lamar Jackson. If you missed that, yep. go check that out. Uh, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson and, and Aaron Rodgers, for that matter. We're we're ranking them now as if they're starting and we're going to go from there. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll adjust as we see. And then obviously Kyler is incredibly interesting. And then Russell Wilson, like. What we saw the first half of last year was holy shit. They opened up the offense yes. and let him throw their lead. He's got DK and he's got Tyler Lockett and this is awesome. And then as the season went along, the, the Brian Schottenheimer got real, real tight and oh, handoff, handoff, handoff. Um, and, and his production went down. So do we rank him like we saw at the end of the year? Cause then in that case, I don't mind dropping like right now I have him QB four and, that's probably too high if that's the offense we're going to see. But if we're going to see that first half of the season offense from from Russell Wilson, then I need to have him up in my top five. So it's it's really a challenge, um, and I think that's I really like doing having these conversations yeah. now. And that's because- what I was going to say. That's why that's why these are like the baseline of the rankings, and mm-hmm. then as camps go on and we start to get better idea of what the offenses are going to look like. That's how you really start to make the adjustments yeah. for the upcoming year. And I think uh, I just wanted to hit on the the Titans again. I mean, might as well just call this the Tennessee Titan podcast. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, Julio Jones is a Tennessee <laughs> Titan. I'm very excited as a Titan uh, fan, but you know, it's, it's affecting all the positions. Like, the, yes. What do we do with Calvin Ridley? What do we do with Matt Ryan? What do we do with Ryan Tannehill? So like, obviously so, these are the conversations we need to have. The guy, the two people that we did not mention, I think who benefit the most from this deal. And you can get, if you're drafting like right now for best balls or anything like that, you get extreme discount, probably near the end. Josh Reynolds, Mm -hmm. Julio can't stay healthy. So he went from being a wide receiver two to a wide receiver three in an offense that doesn't really utilize three wide receiver sets, but an offense that also saw Adam Humphreys catch like four touchdowns last year on big plays. Uh, Reynolds can do that. And, our boy Hayden Hurst. Everyone is is all all up in arms about Kyle Pitts right now, which I do not see them lining up him in in line uh, as a traditional tight end set. Especially getting rid of Julio Jones, he's going to yeah. be split out. He's going to be utilized for his size. Hayden Hurst is going to be on the field still for 95 percent of the snaps, and he he will be the best option down the middle of the field in the scene. Yeah, I think I think that that could be a fun offense to watch in terms of they use a lot of two tight end sets with Cal again Bradley. Arthur Smith too. Arthur Smith utilized the hell yes. out of that with Johnu Smith and yep. Ferkser and all those guys in Tennessee. I totally I'm I'm 100 with you there, um, and I think there could be a lot of of nice value for for Hayden Hurst, and you could get him as your two or three. Uh, by the way, if you're looking to do best balls, uh, non spawn, just I I signed up for uh, underdog fantasy. Um, and I've done a couple best balls over there. They're really fun. The the um, app is really, really smooth. And uh, if they want to sponsor the pod, I'd be happy to yeah, be a shelf for them um, and and check that out. But yeah, uh, those are always fun to do there. You know, obviously you can win some money come season's end. And um, it's really good for your draft prep to kind of see how you like your team and, and give yourself some real. So, so sometimes you get in these mock draft lobbies and some read some somebody's like, oh, I'm going to take a kicker in the first round just to mess with everybody's ADP and uh, <laughs> be real obnoxious. All right, Brian, uh, uh, I have two questions for you and then we'll get uh-oh. out of here. The running back that did not make your top 12 that has the most likelihood to make your top 12 when we're talking next month. Uh, that's got to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, 
I, I just I think, think the offense he's in and I, the opportunity share. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Uh, Antonio Gibson makes that short list for me. DeAndre Swift, somebody I don't know what to do with, and maybe we could do a show talking about um, some some tough guys because you know Dan Campbell and in the aforementioned Anthony Lynn. Uh, I feel like we're going to see a lot of Jamal Williams, and I'm I'm going to be adding him in best ball leagues. I love Jamal Williams, but he's not DeAndre Swift. No, he's not. But if the coaches think he's going to give, him, if they're going to give him 200 touches, then he's going to be valuable. Yeah. Um. Among receivers, who's the name that didn't make your list that you think come next month we're talking about uh, running backs or among receiver at receiver? Um, you think, oh, this guy could be could be in the mix. Man, I I think for me, man, that that's really tough. You know, receiver. I, by the way, let's receiver, go back to Michael Thomas. Oh, for instance, I love it. I love because. It. We saw Jameis Winston support support both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay, albeit a Bruce Arians style, you know, air it all out offense. But yeah. the pieces are still there in mm-hmm. New Orleans, and if he gets the starting gig, as I think I, I think he I, will. I think he's best suited as the quarterback, and Taysom Hill still still the utility knife. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jameis can do it in a fantasy perspective, and then who's going to catch the ball from him? It's going to be Michael Thomas. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm 100% with you there. Um, among receivers for me, uh, I think Amari Cooper is definitely in that conversation. Yes, I don't know sir. Why. Uh, okay, no. That, oh, oh, that's oh, that's why it's all messed up. My running, my receivers are all messed up. Ignore that. Sorry, folks. If we, if I, if I had some confusion, I don't think Najee Harris is going to be a fantasy <laughs> wide receiver. Um, not hey, not if, hey, if they use him like Le'Veon Bell, he might be right. Um, yeah, no, it, but I was just looking at that like end of the third in, into the early fifth. Like there's so much value at receiver. Now it's going to be really tempting to just go running back heavy and then grab a few names there. But, um, you know, I, I that's that's not how I roll. But Terry McLaurin, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, CeeDee Lamb, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson. That's like your... That's like your late third all the way to mid fifth. There's so D- many really Yeah. No more Curtis Samuel. Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, Odell Beckham's, you know, top of the sixth. I really wow. feel like wide receiver has almost become it's so saturated with the amount of guys that produce points that you, I think we're, we're getting back to the, the origination of fantasy football where it was very running back dependent because yeah. the NFL's has transitioned to a seven on seven league. So that's every team is utilizing Brian and, and that's why I'm doing zero RB or my favorite strategy. You get one workhorse early and I like getting Kelsey in round one. So maybe that is round two. You get you get a workout workhorse that you trust with with your first pick, and then load up on pass catchers, and then come back in the later rounds and grab grab some running backs that you like, grab some guys that have upside. I did that in a best ball last night, and I absolutely love my team, including Gus Edwards, including Alexander Madison, including um, that's all I can pull out of my head right now. You got you got a guy like Daryl Henderson still in LA, but behind mm-hmm. Cam Akers. We don't know if that's going to be a rotation. So, yeah, no, there's James White in Tampa Bay is practically Ooh. free. 
we'll see that's what that, we'll see what happens there. Uh, you can grab. You know, we're gonna be talking with Jared Smola on Monday uh, about these nasty backfields. We're gonna talk Baltimore. <laughs> we're gonna talk Houston. Houston uh, has three names that you could potentially grab. You grab Philip Lindsay. You could grab uh, uh, David Johnson. Um, that situation. Go to Arizona and get. I really like Chase Edmonds. We'll see what James Conner does there. Um, you know, Chase Edmonds in round five. I'm I'm really really happy about uh, Latavius in round nine. If 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 New Orleans is like, you know what, we're gonna have Michael Thomas, we're gonna have uh, Traquan, and we're gonna have Amar, uh, we're gonna have Alvin as our pass catchers, and we're gonna have Latavius as true uh, more more of the running back. We'll see what Buffalo does. Zach Moss is just floating around in round nine. Tony Pollard in round nine. Travis Etienne in round nine. Jamal Williams in round nine. Like there are some names there that if you want to be patient um, and, and kind of be a little different and just load up on those badass receivers, I don't I don't fault you one bit, and that's why you should try some best ball. Uh, yes. You should also try our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, it's a the it's the DFS site uh, that you should be using that you're probably not. Uh, use our promo code Fake Pigskin. Uh, you get a hundred percent matched opponent match bonus plus a five dollar entry. Uh, and it's super cool. It's like you know prop bets. If you want to dip your toe into the into the sports gambling landscape, you can you can pick some over unders. You can pick some, uh, you know, which quarterback will throw more yards. But you can also do it now for baseball, for basketball, yep. for hockey, NASCAR, NASCAR. Brian and I will hopefully <laughs> have some content coming to fakepigskin.com very very soon. Uh, Brian, this went a little longer than we liked, but uh, it was a really good discussion, I think, and. Uh, Once you start talking, it just really starts rolling. Yeah, I mean, you get me talking Titans. It's it's all <laughs> it's all over. So, uh, for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert, and we'll talk to y'all next time.